Hello, and welcome to For the Journey, a podcast offering formation and inspiration to Christians longing for more of God in their lives and in the world. For the Journey is presented by Coracle, a ministry committed to inspiring and enabling people to be the presence of God in the brokenness of the world through spiritual formation for kingdom action. We want to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God so that you can go further into the world with God's loving, healing, redeeming power. For the Journey is a space where each week we hope to help you encounter God and live a more integrated life of faith in the world by offering a regular rhythm of reflections, guided spiritual practices, thoughtful conversations, and more. As we journey into Holy Week, we wanted to share a Space for God reflection I offered last Lent. I introduce and then guide us through an ancient English poem called The Dream of the Rude, which has become a Holy Week staple of mine since first encountering it a few years back. During the introduction to the reflection, I mention a few resources and some images. Those will be linked for you in the show notes. I hope it helps you journey with Jesus and all the saints before us this week. Today, we are offering space for God. We are creating space to encounter God however God chooses to encounter us. We do this every week at this time. And along the way, we introduce and explore various ways of spiritual practice that can help us create space for God at any time, not just on Tuesday mornings. Well, I don't know about you, but I am really looking forward to starting off my Tuesday morning with some old English dream poetry. Who's with me? Who's with me? Oh, yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, even if you're a little skeptical... That's fine. Um, I hope you'll stick around. I know I was skeptical when I first encountered this poem, but over time and after reading it, it won me over. And now I come back to it every Lent as a way to shape and expand my imagination of the events that we remember throughout this season, specifically the death and resurrection of Jesus. So just as an overview of where we're going to be headed First, I'm going to give some brief background to the poem to put it in context for us. I'm going to offer us a handful of guiding prompts that we can use to aid our prayers as we read and listen to the poem together. And finally, I'm going to just read the poem. I'm going to read it slowly, giving spaces for the words and story to seep into our hearts and spark our imaginations. So to start a little background This poem was likely written in the 8th century, which is a time when England was just beginning to be re-Christianized by Catholic missionaries after nearly 200 years of largely undisturbed Anglo-Saxon dominance. For decades, these missionaries struggled to make lasting inroads in their culture. Sometimes they faced violent opposition from Anglo-Saxon rulers. Other times they would successfully convert a king only to have him or his sons revert back to paganism after the missionaries left, after they moved on to another region. Also common was for aspects of Christianity to be assimilated into the polytheistic religion of the, of the time. This is where you get the image of a crucifix being placed alongside statues of Thor and Odin. And these dynamics, these hurdles persisted for quite some time. 
But things started to change when a school of Anglo-Saxon converts began reworking their language and imagery of their former pagan beliefs, rituals, and traditions in light of their new faith, in the light of a crucified and risen Jesus. The result was poetry, and it wasn't penned in the Latin of the church, but in the language of the people, what we now call Old English. So you could understand a poem like Dream of the Rude as an evangelistic device, a way to make the story of Jesus comprehensible and compelling to a battle-hardened and warrior-venerating culture. And yet, the poet also pointedly flips these cultural tropes on their head. Jesus is depicted in the style of a warrior hero, but where does his courage compel him to conquer, to dominate, to control? No. Rather, his heroism is established when he willingly and eagerly offers himself to be sacrificed on a sacred tree, a fate that at that time was only reserved for the vanquished, the weak, never the heroes. There are many more subversions like this in the poem, but rather than nerd out over all of them and take up all of our precious time together, I will just point you really quick towards a lecture series hosted by the Institute of Catholic Culture, which is just down the road in McLean, as well as a chapter um, in Malcolm Geith's book, Faith, Hope, and Poetry. There's a chapter in that book devoted to, uh, devoted to this poem. And if you're interested in checking out either of those, there are links in the chat for you. So in addition to being an evangelistic resource, Dream of the Rude was also used devotionally by Christian communities at the time. Here, we have the Ruthwell Cross. And this is actually the earliest archaeological evidence that we have of this poem. This, this cross dates back to the 8th century. It's from Scotland, what is now called Scotland, at least. And you can see, on especially on this, this image, that there are runes going around the edges of the cross. And, and these are, are fragments of the poem. Um, and they're kind of worked around the sides of the cross, and uh, they often correspond with carved scenes of Jesus's life that you can kind of see from this image. Um, there's, yeah, there are different images from Jesus's life, and um, the words from the cross, uh, the words from the poem, sort of correspond to those images. And so you can kind of imagine this cross and the poem on the cross serving as a physical prayer guide for the monks and others who visited that community. And you can sort of relate it to what you might have seen or experienced in a Stations of the Cross display on Holy Week. Um, and my hope for this morning is that we can join this ancient tradition and let this poem once again guide and shape our prayers. A few more quick things to help us enter more deeply into this poem. So poetry of this period was not something that rhymed necessarily, um, but it really did lean hard into alliteration. Alliterative verses is often the, the term used. And while some of this definitely gets lost in translation, uh, the translator in this case did work to preserve that alliteration as best as he could. So you might enjoy looking out for that as we read. And then as the title suggests, this is an example of dream poetry. 
The author describes himself falling asleep and then dreaming that he sees a tremendous rood or cross. That's what rood means, just cross, blocking out the sky. And then, shockingly, the cross begins to speak, narrating to us the story of the crucifixion from its own perspective. As Jesus is the warrior hero of the story, the cross is his unflinchingly loyal subject who stands fast even as it is forced to bear and endure the crucifixion of its liege lord. The cross observes Jesus's burial and then after itself being buried and resurrected again, preaches about the universal implications of the momentous events it has just recounted. The cross finishes its speech and the poet the poet closes with his own reflection on the temporary sorrows and everlasting joys of a life spent seeking after that victorious tree. As we read, I'm going to pause at a few points along the way so that we can dwell on the words that we're encountering in the images um, and let them seep into us a little bit more. To help um, us enter in, let's share some prompts that we can use um, this morning as we pray through this poem. So here's some prompts that I thought of, and you're welcome to re to adapt these however you like, and maybe they'll be useful if you adapt them in poetry that, or other stories that you read devotionally in the future. But as we, as we read, ask yourself, Lord, what images or descriptions will you use to draw me to you today? Where would you have me locate myself in this vivid story? What fresh wisdom might these ancient words uncover in our time and place? What are you inviting me to consider more deeply about your crucifixion and resurrection or about my life with you in the world? As we get started, I'm just going to pray for us and, and then we'll be able to, then I'll just read. Bow your heads and let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this reminder that your story has transcended centuries. It has shaped cultures and brought about a more peaceful world um, well beyond the scope of what we know and experience in our everyday lives. Or may these images, may this uh, creative recasting of your passion spark our imaginations and may we find it um, something that draws us closer to you um, and offers us an image of what, uh, of what life with you might be in this world, in this culture. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, here we go. The dream of the rude. What I wish to say of the best of dreams, what came to me in the middle of the night after the speech bearers lie biding their rest, it seemed to me that I saw the greatest tree brought into the sky, be wound in light, the brightest of beams. That beacon was entirely garnished with gold, gemstones prominent and proud at the corners of the earth. Five more as well, blazoned across the span of its shoulders. Every angel of the Lord warded it there, a brilliant sight of a universe to come. Surely it was no longer the gallows of vile crime in that place, yet there they kept close watch. Holy spirits for all humanity across the earth, 
in every part of this widely famous creation. Surpassing was this victory tree, and me, besplattered with sins, struck through with fault. I saw this tree of glory, well worthied in its dressing, shining in delights, geared with gold. Gemstones had nobly endowed the sovereign's tree. Nevertheless, I could perceive through all that gold a wretched and ancient struggle where it first started to sweat blood on its right side. I was entirely perturbed with sorrows. I was fearful for that lovely sight. Then I saw that streaking beacon warp its hue, its hangings. At times it was steamy with bloody wet, stained with coursing gore. At other times it was glistening with treasure. Yet I, lying there for a long while, beheld Sorrow Sherry, the tree of the Savior, until I heard that it was speaking. Then the best of wood said in words, It happened long ago. I remember it still. I was hewn down at the holt's end, stirred from my stock. Strong foes seized me there, worked in me an awful spectacle ordered me to heave up their criminals. Those warriors bore me on their shoulders until they set me down upon a mountain. Enemies enough fastened me there. I saw then the Lord of mankind hasten with much courage, willing to mount up upon me. There I dared not go beyond the Lord's word to bow or burst apart then I saw the corners of the earth tremor. I could have felled all those foemen. Nevertheless, I stood fast. The young warrior stripped himself then. That was God Almighty. Strong and firm of purpose, he climbed up onto the high gallows, magnificent in the sight of many. Then he wished to redeem mankind. I quaked when the warrior embraced me, yet I dared not bow to the ground, collapse to earthly regions, but I had to stand there firm. The rude was reared. I heaved the mighty king, the Lord of heaven. I dared not topple or reel. They skewered me with dark nails, wounds easily seen upon me, treacherous strokes yawning open. I dared injure none of them. They shamed us both together. I was besplattered with blood, sluicing out from the man's side after launching forth his soul. Many vicious deeds have I endured on that hill. I saw the God of hosts racked in agony. Darkness had covered over with clouds, the corpse of the sovereign. Shadows oppressed the brightest splendor, black under breakers. All of creation wept, mourning the king's fall. Christ was upon the cross. However, people came hurrying from afar there to that noble man. I witnessed it all. I was sorely pained with sorrows, yet I sank down to the hands of those men humble-minded with much courage. 
They took up their almighty God, lifting him up from that ponderous torment. Those war men left me to stand, dripping with blood. I was entirely wounded with arrows. They laid down the limb weary there, standing at the head of his corpse, beholding there the Lord of heaven. And he rested there a while, exhausted after those mighty tortures. Then they wrought him an earthen hall, the warriors within sight of his killer. They carved it from the brightest stone, setting therein the wielder of victories. Then they began to sing a mournful song, miserable in the eventide, after they wished to venture forth, weary from the famous prince. He rested there with a meager host. However, weeping there, we lingered a good while in that place, after the voices of war men had departed. The corpse cooled, the fair hall of the spirit. Then someone felled us both entirely to the earth. That was a terrifying event. Someone buried us deep in a pit. Nevertheless, allies, thanes of the Lord, found me there and wrapped me up in gold and in silver. Now you could hear, my dear man, that I have outlasted the deeds of the baleful, of painful sorrows. Now the time has come that men across the earth, broad and wide, and all this famous creation worthy me, praying to this beacon. On me, the child of God suffered a while. Therefore I, triumphant now, tower under the heavens, able to heal any one of them those who stand in terror of me. Long ago, I was made into the hardest of torments, most hateful to men, until I made roomy the righteous way of life for them, for those bearing speech. Listen, the God, the Lord of glory, honored me then over all forested trees, the warden of heaven's realm. Likewise, Almighty God exalted his own mother, Mary herself before all humanity, over all the kindred of women. Now I bid you, my dear man, to speak of this vision to all men, unwrap it wordfully, that it is the tree of glory that the Almighty God suffered upon for the sake of the manifold sins of mankind and the ancient deeds of Adam. Death he tasted there, yet the Lord arose amid his mighty power as a help to men. Then he mounted up into heaven, Hither will he come again into this middle earth, seeking mankind on the day of doom, the Lord himself, almighty God, and his angels with him, wishing to judge them then, he that holds the right to judge every one of them upon their deserts, as they have earned previously here in this life. Nor can any remain unafraid there before that word that the wielder will speak. He will ask before the multitude where that man may be who wished to taste in the Lord's name the bitterness of death, as he did before on the cross. Yet they will fear him then, and few will think what they should begin to say unto Christ. There will be no need to be afraid there at that moment for those who already bear in their breast the best of signs. Yet every soul ought to seek through the rude the holy realm from the ways of earth. 
those who intend to dwell with their sovereign. I prayed to that tree with a blissful heart, great courage where I was alone with a meager host. My heart's close was eager for the fourth way, suffering many moments of longing. Now my hope for life is that I am allowed to seek that victorious tree, more often lonely than all other men, to worthy it well. The desire to do so is strong in my heart, and my guardian is righteous in the rude. I am not wealthy with many friends on this earth, yet they departed from here, they departed from here from the joys of the world, seeking the king of glory. Now they live in heaven with the high father, dwelling in magnificence. And I hope for myself upon each and every day for that moment when the rude of the Lord that I espied here upon the earth shall ferry me from this loaned life and bring me then where there is great bliss, joys in heaven, where there are the people of the Lord seated at the feast, where there is everlasting happiness and seat me where I will be allowed afterwards to dwell in glory, brooking joys well amid the sainted. May the Lord be my friend who suffered before here on earth on the gallows tree for the sins of man. He redeemed us and gave us life, a heavenly home. Hope was renewed with buds and with bliss for those suffered the burning. The sun was victory fast upon his journey, powerful and able when he came with his multitudes, the army of souls into the realm of God, the almighty ruler. As a bliss for the angels and all the holy, those who dwelt in glory before in heaven, when their sovereign came back, almighty God, to where his homeland was. Lord, may these words resonate in our hearts as we go from here, as we continue to think and reflect on the sacrifice that you made for us in this season of Lent. Um, thank you for the words of these um, faithful poets who sought to um, yeah, bring your word and your transforming truth to a new culture. We are, even as we speak and gather, reaping the benefits of that work, of that labor. And we recognize that and give you thanks. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to For the Journey, an offering of Coracle. We hope you'll join us again next week. And in the meantime, you're welcome to explore what we're up to at inthecoracle.org and on social media at inthecoracle. If you were blessed by what you just heard, please subscribe as we'll be releasing new episodes each week. Please also rate and review the show and share this episode around with others who might be blessed by it. We'd be so grateful. For the Journey is made possible by the generous support of our Coracle partners, the wonderful men and women who choose to support this ministry through their prayers and financial gifts. If you're one of our partners and are listening, we are so grateful for you. If you would like to join us as a sustaining partner, you can set up a monthly donation of any amount at inthecoracle.org support. Link is in the show notes. 
our growing community of partners gets access to tailor-made resources, gifts, and events, and we would love for you to be a part of that. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to take up on the podcast, please email it to us at podcast at inthecoracle.org. You're welcome to type it out, but if you can record yourself asking your question and send us the audio, you may even get to hear yourself on the air. For the Journey is produced and edited by Drew Masterson, with a lot of help from Bill Haley and Carla Petty. Our theme song is Mystery Hymn from our friends at Lowland Hum. Please give them a listen wherever you get your music. And so, friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen, and we will see you on the journey.